and welcome to another episode of All That Film. Hey, uh, welcome back. We're going to be talking about uh, some of our favorite Amy Adams performances uh, in in conjunction with the release of, you guessed it, Hillbilly Elegy. Um, our our little little visit back to the to the lovely South. Always good depictions uh, from from the Oscars. Never neg- never negatives at all. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, this is this is the All That Film podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Hey, and I'm joined with Todd and Lindsay again. Hello. We love, we love Amy Ooh. Adams, um, and that's yes, why we're all do. we're all gathered here today. In spite uh, of this movie, we do. <laughs> now, now, just to sizzle this a little bit, um, I chose uh, this to be like the the movie of the week, like discussion or whatever. Um, but we will we will probably be, probably be doing a bonus on Happiest Season because I was like, eh, I'll wait for like a Christmas movie. But like, because the thing is, I, I think I watched Klaus like the day after Thanksgiving last year, and that was such a treat. Um, yep. but yeah, I hope we, I hope we keep getting more banger Christmas movies, but okay. So because it's, we're, we're just past Thanksgiving season. Uh, and because of that, we're in, we're in a thankful mood. So here's the difficult part. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Uh, all three of us didn't really like this movie. Uh, if you're here for people that did like this movie, I don't know where you're going to find that, but keep searching. Um, <laughs> But to start things off, maybe stick around for this part. Let's be, let's be thankful for this movie. What's a good thing you can say about Hillbilly Elegy? Todd, you're up first. Oh, goodness. Um, all right. The, the best part of the movie, in my opinion, is Glenn Close. Uh, the makeup they put on her. And she's just pretty good uh, in it. So I think probably her. She reminds me of a hillbilly grandma. And I grew up in rural areas in the South growing up. So I, I've, mm-hmm. I've met a few. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going to say Glenn Close. Yeah. No. Uh, so that, when I was checking out your review, I was like, I'm pretty sure me and Todd have a similar one. Uh, so I'll mm-hmm. probably go a different way. Um, but Glenn Close is terrific in this movie and I'll, I'll get into some of the other performances that are are not good at all um which is really like i don't think i've ever seen a difference quite like this before where everyone is like at lifetime movie level acting and then she's still like oh well i'm like i'm an oscar caliber actor so i'm not you know <laughs> um gonna gonna let this terrible script weigh me down um I guess the one that I want to throw out as like a thankfulness of is the premise of this movie. Cause I think if you were given like the one sentence pitch, this does make Mm -hmm. sense. Like someone who was, who grew up in like the more rural area of the South and is very much like uh, now a part of like city life in a fancy college. Like that does seem intriguing on paper. Uh, now the execution of said premise is botched completely, but I still think like someone watching this, I think a lot of screenwriters that maybe had an upbringing like that, because Todd, I, I not, I wasn't like growing up like in the, the these types of parts, but I was often like in like parts of the South sure. all the time, and. It is one of those unfortunate things, especially like when you grow up with a little bit in that in your background where it's like, oh, they completely like ruined this. Um, and yeah. I, I think there's a lot of people that are like, oh, well, like I can draw from like my real life story uh, and do something really good with that premise. Uh, but Lindsay, mm-hmm. what is your positive here? <laughs> one positive thing about this movie? Uh-huh. I liked the dog. I thought the dog was really cute. That, the dog was very good. <laughs> that was a highlight for me. Was right, uh, so with that out of the way, uh, this movie is <laughs> so it's a wet turd, and yeah. it might be it it might be Todd. This is where I wanted to see what your review was because this this might be in contention for one of the worst movies of the of the year for me. Um, wow. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Especially, okay, look. I like, I talked about this uh, in in the film club chat we're in. Um, I really enjoyed uh, Gabriel Basso uh, in in uh, The Kings of Summer. I thought he was, I think all three actors are really solid in there. Uh, I don't remember him in Super 8, but like, if you were told, hey, you're going to lead a movie with Amy Adams and Glenn Close, uh, if I was told that, I'd be ecstatic. Like, I'd be like, oh, well, I'm for sure, like, going to get, I'm going to be working for the rest of my career because of this. And like, I, he's, he's bad in it, but I don't think that's on him necessarily because this script is atrocious. And I've heard from some mm-hmm. people that like, the source, mach- the source material is like not great either in a couple ways. Um, and I, I don't know, if, did either of you read this by chance? I haven't, but I've read about it. Yeah, gotcha. Because um, here's the thing that I was going to throw out as my most, this is the reason that I think it's in contention uh, for the worst of the year. Um, I think this movie surprisingly uh, does something that I don't think I've ever seen a movie do. Uh, Amy Adams is bad in this movie. And mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if like everybody's ready for that conversation, but like she's not good. Like it's it's sad. <laughs> yeah, I've really never seen a performance like this from her where it's just like boring and overacted, you know? Yeah. I don't know. She's always so strong that it had to have been like the script that messed her up. Well, there, there's one scene in particular. Cause at first I was like, okay, well maybe, maybe the words are bad. And like Amy Adams, she, she's giving an okay performance, but I, I agree with you. Like, it's not just the fact, like it's a little bit overreacting. I think it's that juxtaposed with a, a boring script. Like the, the dialogue she is saying, it does not match what's like what Amy Adams is doing like physically as an actor. Um, yeah. And, and there was one scene in particular in, in a uh, hospital with, uh, with Gabriel Basso, Amy Adams. And I'm trying to remember the girl that was in swallow. Is that Haley Bennett? Oh. Uh, yeah. Hey, right. Yeah. 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 Um, it's, it's those three. And the thing is all three of those actors, again, Haley Bennett, from what I've seen of, of her so far, she's been solid in everything. And all three of them are just, like, I thought I was watching like movie 43 or something like level of like, this is stinky. Like all three of them are bad in the scene. What was Ron Howard thinking? Cause I don't, I know some people were like making fun of Ron Howard after this movie and, and uh, Lindsay and Todd, I don't know where exactly you guys land on this. I, I like Ron Howard. I, I found Rush to be really um, really endearing with like the, the struggles of, of passions. I like Cinderella Man. I like A Beautiful Mind. Uh, even Solo, if you want to count that as a semi-Ron Howard film. Uh, the Grinch Stole Christmas. Like he has, he's taken weird chances. So I understand like, I don't know. I feel like it's easy to dunk on Ron Howard, but like, I don't know if this is necessarily his fault. <laughs> what um, disagree. I, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna it is easy to dunk on him because he deserves it in my opinion. I just think <laughs> Oh yeah, I just looked up what movies he's done and there's not one on here that I've enjoyed. I think the I, problem I with like Ron Howard <laughs> I did like solo. I think the problem with Ron Howard like is it's not that I dislike any of his films. It's I would disagree that he really takes that serious of chances. Like his films always seem very safe. just standard, safe direction. Like there are, I mean, this is a really weird one to think about, but imagine what someone like Terrence Malick, if you've ever seen one of his films, would do with something like <laughs> Hillbilly Elegy. Uh, just, just to give you some extreme example of, you know, like some auteur who would do something weird. But when you look at this, it's just like, yeah, he shoots, he just kind of shoots dialogue in static flat ways for me. And that was sure. part of what I, I honestly disliked about this film was in addition to it being kind of boring and like there are weird ways that it contextualized things that I had problems with. But like, in addition to that, I just kind of felt like 
and nothing exciting happened in the direction at all. Like there was nothing no, yeah, cool no, or interesting. Yeah. Agree with mm -hmm. that. I, I think I think the thing that because I think we are sort of in agreement, because I, I guess I, I semi misspoke because I, I meant like he, he sort of takes risks in what he decides to do a project on. I mean, he went okay. from the Grinch who stole Christmas to a beautiful mind, and that's Jim Carrey's <laughs> Grinch who stole Christmas, and that movie is bizarre, but I love it. Um, and I mean, he did uh, he did Solo, which is a fine movie, and then Hillbilly Elegy, which is a terrible movie. So he really, you know, allows himself to to do whatever he wants. Um, but no, I, I get what you're saying, Todd. He really doesn't move the needle in any way. Um, I'm trying to think of any other, you know. Actually, Lindsay, I don't know if you're familiar with um, this person's work, um, but do you remember the director that did uh, Jeff Nichols? He did Mud. He did Take Shelter, Midnight Special, and that movie Loving that was supposed to be like an oscar movie but never really quite took off. Oh, I don't think I've ever actually seen any of those that you just listed. Oh, really? Um, well, yeah. okay. I, I really like Nichols. Because I feel like he he portrays the South in the most accurate way that I've I've seen so far, and that's mostly mud. I mean, Take Shelter, even though it is set in a in a Southern area, it could be it, this the actual story could be really anywhere. Um, it's just those two actors have Southern accents, but mud is like really mm -hmm. indicative to what like life in the South is. It's similar to like something like Peanut Butter Falcon, I think both those movies oh, okay. are are not necessarily like, yeah, the South is like terrible and, and there's only like uh, four tooth hillbillies doing heroin or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> guys, you can like, I, we can let one of these movies come out every five years, but like when that's the only stories that like people are pushing for best picture, it's like, come on now. <laughs> well, that's part of what's weird about its presentation of the South is there are like all these kind of random parts where, you know, like there's the part where everyone's saluting, you know, when the, the hearse is going by and she's yeah. like, cause we're hill, you know, we're hill people. We respect we're people. like, there's, there's these weird, there's these weird little parts where it's like, remember these are Southerners. You were talking about Southerners, but for the most part, like people talk about this, you know, being some humanizing story about like, the rural South when like it really cherry picks the worst aspects. Like it just yeah. makes the South look like everyone. Yeah. Like you were talking about before, like everyone's a drug addict and everyone's like, a, uh, you know what I mean? Like squatting in homes and, you know, like barely yeah. getting by. I, I don't know. I mean, it, I, I mean, yes, barely getting by, but like, it's, I don't know. It was an interesting presentation of it that didn't seem as flattering as some people seem to think it is. And speaking from the book, the book kind of is more of a love letter to these people. Like I don't, I, I think the book's problematic in some of the ways that we don't have to discuss on here, but yeah. it's at least, it's at least kind of an interesting read. If that makes sense, it's engaging. It challenges you a little bit where this film was just kind of like, I don't know, like Southern well, rural poverty porn or, you know, yeah, like, almost, for sure. yeah. And, and I actually really like what you were saying because that's great to hear that um, some somehow they just sort of botched this. Because I was thinking yep. in the movie when I, I think, man, this is okay. One of the things. So is the book presented in a similar way, time like cr chronologically as the movie? Yes. Okay. Oh, well, from what I remember. Yeah. Okay. Because the only reason I was asking is like some of the things. I one of the things in particular. I think they could have. I think if you move certain pieces, like it doesn't make sense the way like certain moments are presented where they are. Um, like I think there's a key like crisis scene with Amy Adams that doesn't fit like the narrative through line on the other side as well as it should. Um, but the thing I was going to ask you is because there's a sense of like at the end it feels cheap because it's supposed to get this character, um, JD, it's supposed to make it feel like, oh, well, he still loves his humble beginnings or whatever. And he's driving home to get the job. And it's supposed to be like, like a film like Lady Bird with, which I think is perfect at doing that of you grew up in the suburbs and you kind of hate that you kind of want to be in a big city. And then you get to the big city and you realize, Oh, well, I really just want to be with my mom. And like, I, I miss certain uh, things about Sacramento and, and I really took it for granted. I don't get that from Hillbilly Elegy and that, 
it's it's even worse to hear that that's present in the book. It just doesn't, it's just not put on display here. Or like, it's almost like they're like, oh, well, we know the ending. So like, we'll just do that anyway. No worries. Like, we don't have to put in the work. Um, yeah, the ending felt more earned in the book. I'll put it that way. You kind of, you, so yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really, have you seen uh, Jeff Nichols by chance, Todd? Yes. And I, I generally agree with your sentiment but he presents the South in a more accurate way. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I would have liked to see him get his hands on something like this. And I don't know, maybe, maybe there could have been something there. I, I actually was reading a, there was an article cause I, <laughs> I thought it was talking about, uh, I forget the title of it and, and where it was, um, where it was on. And, and now I feel bad not crediting the author. Um, but it was it was titled like we need more uh like different portrayals of the south not just like cherry pick stuff and the the thumbnail was like hillbilly elegy so i wasn't sure if that was like a positive or like if they if they didn't like it or they did like it and were like we need more movies sure. like and i was like oh if that's the case like this new york writer i'm about to have uh, you know a couple mean comments <laughs> the thing they were talking about is the they were like, you know, I, I don't really like I don't really like this movie, but I, I think it does have moments and, and I do actually kind of agree with that. And I think that's why it's a little bit more infuriating uh, than a movie like, say, The Wrong Missy, which I despise all the way through. Um, but sure. um, they were talking about how there's this there's this scene with Glenn Close where there's someone uh, from Meals on Wheels who comes by. Yes. And, and she's already um, she's already embarrassed because it's Meals on Wheels. And there's not necessarily like. That's not something you should be embarrassed about, but like, it's something that she's because she's very prideful and like they've again. I feel like the only character that they sort of gave an actual personality was Glenn Close, but that might just be her uh, tremendous acting. She's that good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but she gets the food and and she's realized like she's like oh, but I I ordered two meals and the guy's like oh well like kind of tough luck and she's like please like I'm I'm doing the best I can like all this stuff and he just sort of scrunches around like in the bottom to to give her uh just goes out of his way to help her out and, and that's one of the things like that i think todd you were bringing up like it's sort of cherry picked mm -hmm. when to be like ah here's here's a good thing about the south and then it's like here's five other bad things about the south <laughs> when you when you do this when you do this over and over there's not going to be a sense of like yeah he still loves his home at the end of the movie because like for all intents and purposes, like he hasn't shown. There just there aren't moments. Like it, it, there's a barbecue scene that like should be a set piece, and they really like talk about nothing. I feel like they maybe the, maybe it's more like fleshed out in the book, but I feel like they had like notes of what was going to happen in that scene, and they were like, "Oh, don't worry, we're sort of going to improv this a little bit more." But here's the main points. But it felt like they were just reading bullet points. And he, like they said something like, "Oh, how'd you get your wife? Did you blind her?" And he's like, "Yep, I did that." And I was like, "Guys, write better dialogue!" <laughs> like, <laughs> literally. <laughs> so but yeah, no, I totally rant. agree. Like, there's no pay there's no payoff at the end. Like, that would make you ever think that he even likes being there because they only show you him hating everything and it being awful. They never show like any kind of love for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah i was honestly like really kind of excited to watch this movie to hate it because of what i've heard about the book so i was like oh cool we're gonna watch this and hate on it but then it was so boring and like apolitical that we couldn't even do that yeah so yeah. Like, this is such a waste of time <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's almost the worst part about it is like there's there's not even necessarily things like like when i saw the wrong missy it's like there's five things i can tell someone that like Hey, can you believe this movie does this? There's there's one thing yeah. I will throw out. There's some of the worst acting I've seen from extras, uh, or not extras, oh but uh, like yeah. random people. Like there's a guy who's uh, like a uh, like electronics employee, and I don't know how they gave him this line reading, and they were like, "Yep, that's good." Uh, but <laughs> Look, if you're if you're at this point and you're like, oh, don't spoil the movie, yeah, just get out of here, I guess. But I'm sure at this point you don't care. 
he's like, he steals, the little kid steals a calculator and he goes, hey, hey, stop. Like he, he just flips it to 20. And it's like, dude, dive yes. back a little bit. The kid stole a calculator. Like, <laughs> and he grabs yeah. it from it. And he's, he's, I forget what he says, but it's something to the effect of like, why would you think of doing this, you mongrel? And it's like, guys, yeah. what is, who wrote this? And it's the person who wrote The Shape of Water. And The Shape of Water is like a well-written movie. <laughs> so. Well, it's also, a, it's also a well-directed movie. It is. A, uh, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got me there. Yeah. Well, because I think that's some of the problem is I think I, I don't know. Well, for one, I just wanted to to double back just for a second. That scene where Glenn Close is talking to the Meals on Wheels guy is the only point in the movie that I felt anything like at oh, all. Same. Same. Um, and it, it was I, I very yeah. It's a powerful yeah. moment. And that's the real problem with this film. Like, I don't necessarily mean to present myself as like, I liked the book as much as the book made me feel things. It's like provocative. It attempts to make an argument that I generally disagree with, but it attempts to make it. And you can yeah. kind of engage with it. Where with this film, it just kind of felt like just a bunch of scenes cut together that it just felt so ordinary. There there just wasn't anything that, that really gave me... Uh, some sort of like provocative feeling or interesting feeling. And that that's really the key to this movie is it's just, it's not that there's a ton of like super offensive, horrible stuff in it. It's just that kind of boring and like not that mm -hmm. well made. And it's, yeah, it's, exactly. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I will say, um, cause you, you said that was the only scene that made you feel something. And maybe this mm -hmm. is because I knew how many people like, disliked and really hated this movie like going into it uh the opening scene i think i will say like it reminds me of like places i've camped like people because like there was something when when i was a kid um my grandfather would to and i again just to reiterate i'm not like an actual hillbilly not that it matters like i wouldn't care if i was but like I'm just making sure when people are like, oh, you can't claim us. I'm like, nope, not trying to. Um, just because if, uh, you know, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, we go to this like all boys like camping ground and it would just be like dudes wrestling in the, uh, in the lake, a poorly tied rope on a tree that you'd swing into the, the Brazos River on uh, and just stupid stuff like that. And there's like, I have, I have good stories like that. Like my dad, there was this part that was more shallow and the kids would ride on, uh, on the rocks and then the dads would grab them later on. Uh, so that way they wouldn't get pulled in with the current because most of us couldn't swim that well. Uh, and my dad, uh, accidentally didn't grab me. Um, so I went further and I, I busted my knee like wide open, uh, on this like huge rock. Um, and there was a guy who got me later down the river with his fishing pole. So like similar things like that. Like I, these are things where I'm like, I have like memories of like places like this. So being shown that and then immediately followed, I, I, I said in my head, I was like, Oh, the kid's about to be like waterboarded. I bet. And then he was, and I was like, Oh good. Like this is going to be like, Oh, it's a, it's a dangerous world here in the South. Um, so that I, I completely agree with your, your sentiments, Todd, where it's like, Hey, like if, if you want this moment at the end to mean something, like you can't do a one to five. Uh, and I, I, I do think it's interesting that at least the book semi presents like at the end, like, Hey, reflecting on this, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't want it any other way, I guess. Um, here's, here's one I was going to throw out to y'all as well. Um, and this is probably the last thing uh, that I'll talk about this movie. Um, I actually didn't mind uh, Frida Pinto as uh, Usha. Um, I thought she was solid. Uh, and she's been in other things I've seen, Slumdog Millionaire. Uh, I thought she was kind of fine in Immortals, which is a forgettable movie. But um, And then she's also in uh, Planet of the Apes and Knights of Cups. Uh, but 
uh, <laughs> I will say the kind of completely waste the character. And I don't know if it, again, if it's like this in the book, then they're sort of drawing from that, I guess. But like, there's like a good hour of the movie where she's not in it. And then at the end, it's supposed to be like, Oh, Hey, this character exists again. And I was like, Oh yeah. Like what, where has she been? Like, um, and, and I thought I, I would have liked like something, either something sprinkled in with the two of them. Um, Cause I do like her like being like, Oh, Hey, like, the, like the, even the fork thing, I was like, that's kind of ridiculous, mm-hmm. but like, at least right. she is giving like, she's being comedic. She's being endearing. There's emotion there, I guess. Um, sure. Cause <laughs> one of the other scenes, uh, you know, I, I say a, a positive and then I immediately remember a negative um, is, and, and to be fair, maybe this actually happened. Sure. But the way they film, like the the dinner sequence in full, ridiculous, and just the bigger thing where he's like, "Yeah, I grew up in the South," and then someone's like, "Oh, bunch of dirty hillbillies, huh?" And I'm like, "God, rednecks, rednecks." Oh, oh my god, god, the rednecks oh, line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. Thank you. God. Sorry. I, yeah. Like, how says, dare you use that word? Yeah. He says, how dare you use the rednecks word? And I thought at that point, I was like, I'm watching a parody film. That's that's what's got to be <laughs> happening here. Like, That was oh, so see, that's, ridiculous. That to me is, not to keep harping on it though, that is the sort of scene that I blame Ron Howard for. Because it's, <laughs> it, it re- I really do though, not to keep harping on it, but like, no, I just better. think it, I think it just comes off as so kind of like hokey and like, you got to get in there and, and like figure out how to make that scene work better because it really, really does come off almost like a parody. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Like you, yeah. it feels like an SNL so skit of like, Oh, here's the poor kid who grew up in the South uh, sketch. We came up with uh, be- like making fun of a, a hillbilly elegy Oscar movie. Um, gosh, I just can't believe they pulled the "that's our word" type of nonsense with the with redneck. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> okay, and this is not to not to go off here, but this is what annoys me about this movie is they don't add context to anything. Like in reality, there is some basis for finding the term "redneck" offensive, and that its its origins are labor movements. A lot of people don't know that, but like, yeah, yeah they would wear the red mm-hmm. scarves to do that, and so "redneck" was this term that kind of originated as this this like borderline ethnic slur, and like there's all the social history to why you could at least try to argue that but one you don't treat it like it's saying the n-word because it's just not and that's how the movie does it but like two you you don't you you don't just throw that in there and then not have any context for people understanding it like it i just that scene is so bad (laughs) yeah yeah and and i think i i forget which one it was but there was a similar thing uh Oh, I'm trying to remember what it was, but it was some like uh, it was it was something that like is more in the vernacular now, but it it does have a history of like being a slur. I forget if it's uh, Irish or Scottish people, and people don't necessarily know the history of it. And someone was arguing, and here's to your point, they were like, "Oh, well, that word," and they said the word, and they were like, "Is is basically the same as the N word?" And to quote John Mulaney. If you're saying one of the words, then it is not as bad as the other word you're not saying. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, Uh, yes. (laughs) Oh, man. So that's that's pretty much it with Hillbilly Elegy. Um, I don't know if if you guys have... Do you guys have anything else? (laughs) Those are pretty much my thoughts. Yeah. Um, we, We can move on to uh, good Amy Adams movies um, because we're going to be talking about our favorite Amy Adams performances. And uh, Lindsay, I'll actually let you go first here. Uh, What's going to be your favorite Amy Adams performance? Uh, Now, Lindsay, just letting you know, you can pick Hillbilly Elegy if you want. (laughs) Okay. I wouldn't (laughs) because she proves that she can do so much better in the 2011 film, The Muppets. 
Yes. It's so good. Like me party. That's one of the best scenes of all time. She, like, she just has such a great like charisma to her that is just it's so wild that she couldn't make this movie work for me because I don't know, she's just so watchable. And I was every time she was on screen for Hillbilly Elegy, I was like, ah, I don't want to watch this. <laughs> but Muppets. I yeah. loved her. I, I was gonna mention um uh, for the Muppets, if you had been told before, uh, who who is an actress that you think can match Miss Piggy's energy? Um, I'm not sure if I could like come up with one necessarily, but any Coolidge, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> um, you answered that like really you had been, yeah. Right. yeah, she had been thinking about that for years. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's Gen- that's Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah, yeah, I thought about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, am I wrong? You're not wrong. <laughs> no, but you you said it. Like I was asking you a Trivial Pursuit question. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that is, that is a good one to pick for sure. But I just mean like, if if you had told me like, oh hey, Amy Adams is about to go like pound for pound uh, with Miss Piggy and this like duet song, I would be shocked like beforehand, even though she does have uh, previous work that would kind of indicate so that we'll get to here in a second. Uh, but no, she does great. Like Jason Siegel obviously like is, is the one that like really wanted the Muppets movie to happen. But like Amy Adams has so much charisma going in this and she's just, she's just a fantastic actress in uh in musicals. That's why I'm really excited for her uh, in Dear Evan Hansen, um, which uh, I don't know. Fingers crossed. It's not, you know, a hillbilly elegy, Um, (laughs) uh, but I'll I'll go next uh, with my pick and I'm going to be going with uh, 2016's arrival um, because while I do like one movie, she's in more uh, catch me if you can. uh, And her performance is really good in that. Uh, Arrival is is a film I think that uh, Amy Adams absolutely carries. I think she's terrific in this movie. I think, I mean, it's been beaten to death at this point. But yeah, she was snubbed uh, super hard uh, for the best actress category, especially because I don't think this is one of those movies. Uh, and there's, mov- there's films like Contact and other things that are led by a female lead. Uh, but this is definitely one of those movies where it's like, hey, like Amy Adams, like, bodied this performance and was like better than a lot of like men that are given like ample amounts of like sci-fi roles. Like I think of a movie, like I can't even remember what it's called, but the Matt Damon uh, trying to go to space to get off their dystopian planet uh, movie. I want to say like, yeah, oh, it's like in Weaver's in it yeah, uh, Elysium Elysium. Thank you, Todd. There you go. Uh, but that's, that's an example of like, even a, a, good to great actor, depending on what you think, like Matt Damon can't necessarily always carry like a sci-fi film. Uh, and I think Amy Adams does a, a really great job here. And she is so great of an actor that she makes you believe uh, someone could marry Hawkeye. Um, <laughs> but that's going to be my pick. Uh, so Arrival, if for whatever reason you're living under a rock, I guess, definitely check it out. Super fun sci-fi. Todd, you get you get your pick now. What are you going with? Okay, I just want to mention my honorable mention, which is Cruel Intentions 2, which currently has a letterbox rating of under 2.0, but Amy Adams is in it, and she's fantastic. You can see the origins of, of genius. But for me, the real year that Amy Adams got robbed of an Academy Award nomination was 2007 with a little film called Enchanted. Very so nice. for me... This is this yes. is my favorite Amy Adams performance. I love how glowing she is. Like I just, she's got such she's got such range as an actress, and I love like that she does all these like serious, intense roles. Like really think about what she had to do, even though it wasn't a good acting. Really think about what she had to do in Hillbilly Elegy versus Enchanted, and it's kind of like amazing. Like. Uh, <laughs> But she just does a great job, and she's just so 
she just so perfectly embodies this like princess role. Uh, Enchanted is my pick. I really like her in that. Nice. I actually just pulled this up real quick um, just to get it out there. Uh, the nominees for the best actress that year, because I was curious because you mentioned that. I was like, huh, I wonder, I wonder what the nominees were. Um, it was Marianne Cotillard, or Cotillard uh, for La Vie in Rose. Um, which I, what? <laughs> Amy all the way over that. That's it. <laughs> I, I think that's the movie that kind of like put her on the map. So whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kate Blanchett, uh, notable for doing really good in our, in our film club uh, actor tourney. Um, but she was in Elizabeth, the golden age uh, as queen Elizabeth, which I haven't actually seen yet. Uh, and then Julie Christie in away from her. Have you guys interesting? I have never seen mm, that. I haven't seen that. No. Yeah. Okay. So, so here's the problem. I haven't seen four of these movies that were nominated. Uh, Marianne Cotillard was the one that won, uh, but Lauren Linney. Yeah, I've for only the seen Flavian Rose from that. Oh yeah. Was, was, was Amy Adams better? Amy Adams was better. Yeah. Can you, <laughs> can you confirm Lindsay? From Livian Rose? Yes. Um, I mean, Marion Cotillard was very good, but that movie overall was more boring than Enchanted. <laughs> so it's hard to it's, say. It's tough to pick. It's tough to pick. Um, no, but then the only other one that I, I did recognize or I have seen is uh, Ellen Page for Juno, which super cool. You got <gasps> nominated. Ellen Page for Juno. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that one away. <laughs> no, that wouldn't. I love Juno. As far as the other one, I'd say Blanche the Blanche, though. She beats Kate Blanchett. Or Blanchett, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Fair I enough. actually haven't Even seen that Kate Blanchett movie. I haven't either. Um, I don't, I'm sure talk she... talk about your beef with Kate, though. I don't have a beef with Kate. <laughs> um, no, but then, I, weirdly enough, um, if we're talking about Blanche the Blanche, I know this is completely tangential kind of at this point. Uh, so if you're here only for Amy Adams, hey, stick around. Amy would want you to. But um, uh, Kate Blanchett was actually nominated for Best Actress and Best Supporting this year. Um, for oh, that's I'm cool. Not There. Yeah. yeah. She's really, oh, I think she was great in that. Of, yeah. She was yeah. definitely the best part of that movie. And this was also, I think, Sarsha Ronan's uh, first nominee for Atonement. Atonement. Um, so pretty oh, wow. Pretty cool year. This was the No Country and uh, There Will Be Blood year for anybody that yeah. wants to look at it. Just because I know, oh, I know yeah. the... Yeah, for sure. I know, I know um, looking up the Oscars can sometimes be a hassle because I, I typed in 2007 Oscars and... Uh, it was like, ah, you want to see the 2016 films Oscars. And it's like, no, I want to, I want to see, I don't know. I, they need to figure out a new like naming convention or so. I don't know. <laughs> they do. No, I agree. Oh, because it's like confusing. the Oscars. Yeah. Cause it's for like the move, the year before. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, okay. So like the thing, the thing about that, that I think they like overthink, cause someone mentioned like, Oh, well, like the NFL champs or like the Super Bowl champs, uh, they're technically like the 2020 champs. But most people say like the 19 to 20 whatever sport champions. So mm-hmm. like if they're going to do that, I guess they could do that because like a lot of people use uh, January and February as like watching more of 2020 movies, which I don't necessarily mind because then if we didn't, things that want to release in December. Like if it actually came out, like, like the Oscars happened December, like 28th, say, then there'd be tons of movies that like, wouldn't really get considered, I guess, um, which is a whole step. I don't know. The Oscars is going to be weird this year. Anyway, it's weird every year. So, so. so are you, are you saying the next, yes. o- the next Oscars would be called the 2020, 2021 Oscars? So that's the thing that like some people argue would help like be more. Well, that would fix the problem. That would that would it would would somewhat fix the problem where you would you would at least know hey the start of these Oscars are like the and the worst part the worst part Todd actually to your point um, the worst part is like when you look up yada yada year Oscars it'll say the 80th Academy Awards 
which tells me absolutely nothing. Um, <laughs> because I don't have in my head like, ah, yes, the Oscars started in 1927. So doing reverse analysis to get the years, but like, I don't, I don't know. It's just, you have to pull out your abacus for the Oscars and double check yourself to make sure. Um, I don't know, but uh, tell you what, it doesn't matter because boss baby two is going to win best picture next year. Uh, it's already, it's already a done race. Um, say that's pretty much a lock, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't even know other movies that come out uh, in 2021. All I know is the Boss Baby 2. There's that one Zendaya one that's coming out with John David Washington. But is that, isn't that going to be a 2020 Oscar movie? I think so, yeah, because it's coming out in February. How, yeah, with how the year is weird now. I, so, that, yeah. I'm really worried about that movie because that screams of like, hey, we have time. People really like these ask uh, uh, these actors. Let's make like uh, a good movie and we can win a best picture. Um, mm-hmm. Just because they think, oh, well, maybe the nominees will be really thin. So, and look, uh, uh, now that I've seen Hillbilly Elegy, yeah, they might be right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they might get a nominee. Uh, um, Without you know really really doing too much. Um, there's been now, nothing. Okay. There's been nothing so far I could see realistically getting nominated for much of anything, which is yeah, kind of not amazing. Yet. Mank comes oh. out this week though, right? Yeah, Mank's Mank's that's another contender. Uh, so I, I sort of said in my review um, that I think Mank's gonna like be one of those movies that I don't I don't necessarily know if it's gonna win uh, for a lot of awards. But I think I, mm-hmm. I would not be surprised to see Mank nominated eleven times or something like that. Yeah, because um, there's costuming, production design, how it sounds. Um, Gary Oldman and uh, I'm trying to remember her name. It's slipping me. Amanda Seyfried. Uh, Amanda Seyfried. Yeah. Yes. I'm. I'm. I that. So me walking away from that movie, and this isn't. I'm sure this won't color y'all at all. But if if I was like in charge of campaigning for one thing, uh, it would be Amanda Seyfried. Um, I thought she was terrific. Um, yeah. and, and Gary Oldman already had an Oscar. Is is kind of like my thing. So, and I know like people are like, oh well, it was like a, it was like, oh well, you've been great like all your career, so we're gonna give you an Oscar now. And and my thing with that is if you do that, then like I would snub Gary Oldman like if I was given a vote because it's like, hey, we get we gave you an Oscar for the fat suit movie, so I'm not. <laughs> No, I get it. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking at it real quick just to get like more of a more of a accurate like picture of the year. Something like is on the rocks like actually gonna get nominated for things? Probably not. Okay. I haven't but seen it yet. I haven't either. Oh no, I have I've seen it. It's I don't. I don't think it's going to get nominated for anything. It's fine, okay. but I, I don't think it'll get there. I think that's what I was we could probably most. expect nominations from like um, *Nomadland* and *Ma Rainey's Black Bottom*, and maybe *One Night in Miami*. What's *One Night in Miami*? Regina King's so, directorial King. debut. Oh! Oh! Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> you surprised hey, me about, with the directorial debut. <laughs> what about *Minari*? Oh, Minari. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That one was so well, good. Okay. That one also has the benefit of 24 yet. not releasing, you know, nine movies this year and being like, we're going to campaign all of them. And it's like, guys, you're a small <laughs> studio. You got to pick one. Yeah. <laughs> like, they they oh, announced man. they're going to go They I'm announced just, that I, they're going to go sorry, hard I'm still for bitter film. because of the farewell because I think that movie, like, deserved everything. And they were like, <laughs> what if we pushed Uncut Gems the most? And it's like, who in their right mind would nominate... <laughs> Uncut gems for like best picture. I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Ooh. We lost hey. Bye hey. Here he is. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Hey. Oh, I couldn't hear you all for a second. No, it's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just went on my rant of of the. Did you guys hear me talk about the A twenty four and? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, I I couldn't hear y'all, so I thought you just both like went silent. And you were like, 
Oh All no, right. we. I agree let's, with. Let's leave him in his chamber <laughs> and not let him. <laughs> no, um, I read read an article where they said that they're going to push really hard for Steven Yoon, and that would be a big deal because that would be that the first be ever. Perfect. That would be the first ever Asian American act uh, person to get nominated for Best Actor, which would be kind of really a big deal. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, no, that would be awesome. Uh, the only other one I was going to throw out that just, I, I'm sure people already know about this one, but I'm sure that Defy Bloods is going to be in the mix uh, still. I mean, that has like a lot of oh, yeah, staying yeah. power. Yeah, and Trial of Chicago 7 is probably going to be in there too. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a movie I know both of you are not as fond of. I think, I will say, I think uh, because of this year, I think Elizabeth Moss and her many moths uh, could possibly get nominated for Invisible Man. Yeah, I could see she's, it. I'm hoping. She's so good. She's so good in it. She's it's so like good. probably my favorite performance of hers, actually. She's yeah. really good. Yeah. I think so, too. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm really hoping uh, maybe Slim Pickens, uh, of course, if it comes down to this or Steven Yoon. Todd, you already mentioned the, the nice little thing. Yes, it would be nice for Steven Yoon to be nominated. Uh, but think about this. Uh, I'll, I'll throw you another uh, uh, difference. Uh, mm -hmm. This would be the first instance of a Vin Diesel being nominated. I'm talking Bloodshot. Oh That's right, baby. Um, <laughs> Actually, they're also nominating. Um, well, they're also putting up Chadwick Boseman for Best Actor. Yes, yeah, for both categories. And I think that he might have a chance. I, That's I think, one of the. I still think. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to say, I think he has like a legit chance of maybe possibly winning both for supporting for Defied Bloods. And it depends. Oh. It depends how much like uh, uh, the the other one, um, Ma Rainey's uh, Black Bottom really like resonates with people. But I don't mm -hmm. know. I think I think you're probably right, because, Lindsay, we talked about this before and you think it's going to be heavily pushed for Ma Rainey. For uh, for lead, so I just yeah. don't know if there's I don't know if there's like, like a definitive like idea. supporting actor this year. Yeah, like I can't really point to someone and it's like, yeah, you like. Besides, of course, uh, Kevin James and Hubi Halloween. Uh, oh God! <laughs> oh God! The sensation. <laughs> Um, it depends on what is Delroy Lindo a uh, lead actor, I guess. In I think Five Bloods, people right? people have been saying he's lead because oh, he's my he's one of my favorite performances of the year. Like I liked the Five Bloods, but I loved Del uh, Delroy Lindo's performance in it. It was it was really good. Yeah. Now, now, Lindsay, I would agree with you. I don't know necessarily if he's the the lead per se, but that's mm -hmm. what they're. I, think i remember seeing that's what they're campaigning campaigning for uh the only okay. one i was gonna throw out todd or Lindsay. I, I don't know if you've heard about this uh but i'm very worried that this and i know todd you're not uh big on legal dramas uh as as we mentioned before the show um how, <laughs> how do you think uh small acts is going to be campaigned oh i have no idea i only just heard that this was a thing a few days ago yeah, I'm still okay. So, so anybody listen, listening to this that isn't aware of this, uh, Steve freaking McQueen of Twelve Years a Slave, Widows, Shame, tremendous director, just randomly was like, "Well, I'm sure, I'm sure it was pushed like a little bit." Apparently, this was like released in festivals, but like I just see like a bunch of people uh, sharing this movie, uh, uh, Mangrove, and I was like, "Oh, well, like what's this movie? It's it's got this uh, girl from Black Panther. Like that's pretty cool." And then, like, I look at the director, and I'm like, oh, Steve McQueen. Like, it must be a different Steve McQueen. And no, he's coming out with five or more than five movies this year. Um, and I, I, it was shocking. Uh, yeah, me, me and Lindsay both learned about this, like, randomly. Um, and I don't know. I, I think he might be hurting himself for Oscars by releasing all of these because people might count it as, like, a – mini-series in that case, but I, I, I'm probably going to start checking them out this weekend, so... 
Mm-hmm. The second um, one's out too. So Lovers Rock. Apparently, Lovers Rock is one of the best ones. Uh, so that's good. Mangrove I liked, but it's not going to be nominated for any like film awards. I don't think. Gotcha. I, it, I think I think this small act series might be something where like actor nominations are more likely because yeah i do think oh, it's going to be hurt oh, okay. i do i do think it's going to be hurt by the serial quality of it it's it's kind of unusual to have mm. five films come out under the same series but i could be wrong though but yeah <laughs> oh, but I i've think never that, really seen anything like that before yeah yeah, yeah. same well someone was saying uh someone was describing this like decalogue um yeah that might have been me. I, I, well, I, I agree with that comparison, at least. Yeah, Kislowski's Decalogue had like 10 films around the, the Ten Commandments, and uh, it, was, it was kind of released in a similar way with like two episodes a week, I believe. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, that's our, I guess, best picture preview uh, or award season preview a little bit. We'll probably have like an actual one when, when we figure out. Well, that's probably not going to be till... January, I guess, or, or yeah, maybe February with how they... February, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just so crazy because I remember, like, I still think about this. I have this uh, video I did with uh, two of my close friends about we were just going over 2020 releases and there were so many movies we were excited about mm-hmm. and talked about. And, like, yeah. I think about revisiting, like, that episode to see, like, what we talked about just to, like... Uh, you know, let the cogs move, and, and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is still coming eventually, but like, it also would probably make me like very sad <laughs> mm-hmm. um, just with how many movies like we've, we've missed out on, and the fact that, like, oh, hey, Wonder Woman's uh streaming now, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, so yeah, um, but yeah, maybe, maybe we'll see, uh. Maybe we'll see some some cool movies come out, but I think that's going to be the episode uh, for today. Thank you again uh, for Todd and Lindsay uh, coming on, and and of course, uh, thank you for for having seen Hillbilly Elegy uh, because I, I for one could not have done this alone. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Um, yeah, but that'll do it. Uh, we'll probably have a sorry. What's the new Christmas movie called again? Happiest season. Happiest season season, uh, will be coming soon. Uh, Probably a bonus episode, maybe Sunday or Monday, depending on when I get uh, this episode edited. Uh, And then also look forward. We have, I want to say, yeah, no, uh, it's going to be Todd, Lindsay, and then Margo uh, next week. uh, Because we're going to be talking about David Fincher films. uh, which In preparation for May. Yes. Uh, and, And I'm very much looking forward to what, you two think of uh, Mank, and I know uh, Margo's probably mm-hmm. got some time to check it out too. So, gonna be a lot of fun. It's definitely an, an awards contender because of this year, um, and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, we can figure out something with uh, Nomadland to where we can record on it. Because I, I would like to, I would like to see it eventually. <laughs> but who knows? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well. Everyone, see you on next week's episode. Later. See ya. Later. Bye. Bye.